And your mountain seems so tall And you realize life's not always fair You can run away and hide Let the old man decide Or you can change your circumstances with a prayer When everything falls apart Praise His name When you have a broken heart Raise your hands and say Lord, you're all I need You're everything to me And He'll take the pain away you're all alone praise his name when you feel you can't go on raise your hands and say greater is he that is within me you can praise the hurt Just praise his name. Oh, you can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of your testimony. darkness go as your faith begins to grow you're not alone so how can you be lonely when everything falls apart praise his name when you have a broken heart raise your hands and You're everything to me, and he'll take the pain away. When it seems you can't go on, praise his name. When you feel you can't go on, raise your hands and say,
Psalms 1. Hadn't that been wonderful today? What a blessing. I've come to realize that you never become so spiritually mature that you don't need him anymore. I've come to realize that you can't become so wise in him that you don't need him anymore. I've come to find that no matter how old you get, you still need the Lord. No matter how big you are, you still need the Lord. No matter how smart you are, no matter how much you think you've got everything together, understand we need the Lord. You'll never go to heaven without him. <laughs> You'll never receive the forgiveness of your sins without him. You'll never experience the abundance of your salvation without him. You won't ever become so mature that you don't need Jesus. What a friend we have in him. Man, what a blessing. Psalms 1 and verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in a season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You may be seated. I want to continue this morning on the thought, the blessed man. This is the second Sunday that we have looked in Psalms 1, and I want to continue with that thought, the blessed man. Last week we talked about what the blessed man does not do, some things that we cannot do in our life if we are going to live in the abundance of our salvation. Understand that God can give you eternal life, but God can also give you abundant life. And when the writer in the book of Psalms begins to talk about the blessed man, he is talking about the man or the woman who has met Jesus and applied him as their Savior, but is walking in the abundance of their salvation. And last week we talked about what the blessed man does not do. And this morning I want to talk about some things that he does do. And David begins to write about some things that the blessed man will do in his life. If you are going to walk in the abundance of your salvation, there's going to be some things that's going to be expected of you in your saved life, in this walk with the Lord. I believe the blessed life comes from complete obedience to the Word and the will of God. Understand, child of God, if we are going to live that blessed life, we must be obedient to our Father. We must be obedient to Jesus. You will never live in the abundance of your salvation until you surrender to His Word and you surrender to His will. We cannot experience the abundance of our salvation living outside of the Word of God and the will of God. 
Not only should we have complete obedience, but we should have complete humility and reverence to God. I believe sometimes that we get so high and mighty in our life that we don't even reverence Him anymore in our life. You know, this isn't just any other service. Folks, we're not at the schoolhouse. You know, this isn't a sporting event. This is not a 4-H club. This is worship of our Lord and Savior. And it seems like sometimes when we get saved, we grow comfortable in our relationship with the Lord. And I know as a kid growing up, every, every now and then I had to be reminded who was in control of the house. You know? I had to be reminded that there was uh, a mom and dad that I had to honor and respect. Well, child of God, we must stay humble before our Heavenly Father. And we must fear God and we must show Him reverence on a daily, on a daily basis. The blessed life also comes from complete submission to the person of Jesus Christ. Understand the blessed life is about being a disciple. Understand that the blessings that come along with salvation comes from following Jesus. It comes from everyday submission to the person of Jesus Christ, willing to follow Him in all ways, willing to submit to Him in all ways. Folks, we have a leader in this. It's not Josh, it's not the deacons, it's Jesus. That's the one we must sell ourselves out to. And if we are going to live the blessed life, this ain't about being a Baptist. It's not about being a missionary Baptist. It's not even about being a member of promised land. But it's about belonging to Jesus Christ. And it's about submitting ourselves to Him. But I want you to notice uh, the second verse here. The first verse, He reveals some things that we can't do. And then in verse 2 and verse 3, He reveals some things that we need to do. Notice what he said in verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. I believe if we are going to live the blessed life, we must delight in the Word of God. The word delight here means to receive great pleasure. David said, I receive great pleasure in the Word of God. If we're going to live in the abundance of our salvation, the Word of God must be something that has great meaning to us. It must be something that has affected us. It must be something that relieves us. It must be something that touches us and changes us. He said right here that the Word of God brings pleasure. Now, in this day, David, of all we know, has only had five books. He had the Pentateuch. He had the first five books in the Bible, which was the book of Moses. And we know in these five books that the majority of these books were filled with the law. All these things that God told you not to do. And so we, we see this, and David said, if you are going to live the blessed life, you're going to have great pleasure from the Word of God. A lot of people don't find pleasure in this. But child of God, if we're going to live the blessed life, we've got to find pleasure in this. How do you find pleasure in the law of God? The law of God condemns us. The law of God declares us guilty. The Word of God declares who we are as individuals. It reveals who we are as sinners. It reveals our standing with God. And so as I look in the, in the Word of God, I'm thinking, how in the world can this Word that makes me so low, but it makes Him so big, how can I have pleasure in the Word of God? 
And so I turn to the book of James, and I want you to do that with me. Hold your finger there in Psalms. And I want you to look in the book of James, chapter 1. And James begins to reveal how the Word of God can have pleasure within our hearts. There are people that absolutely hate God's Word. There are people that despise the Word of God. There are even saved people that don't want to listen to it who claim to be saved. There are times in our life that we don't want nothing to do with it. Our Bibles have become dusty. We have pushed away the Word of God. We don't go to Bible studies anymore. We don't do any of those things because we simply have lost our delight in the Word of God. But I want you to notice what James says in James 1 and verse 22. It says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the Word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And so James says that hearing the word of God, and may I remind you that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God's people ought to take delight in hearing the word of God. So why can it get to a place in our life that it becomes a hindrance, it becomes a burden? Why do we drift away from God's Word? And the reality of it is because James said it's like looking into a mirror. When I look into a mirror, I see the imperfections of Josh Llewellyn. I see the deformities upon my face. You may think I'm pretty, but I'm my own worst critic. And I'm sure nobody thinks I'm pretty, but I just threw that out there. But as I'm beholding my face in the glass, I see who I really am. And that glass reveals the trueness of my identity. There is, there is nothing to cover it up. There it is. I'm staring at it. But as I walk away from the glass, I forget what I saw in the glass. And then I begin to convince myself how pretty I really am. And I begin to convince myself that I don't really look that bad, regardless of what Jared Bowen said about me. I realize when I step away from the glass, I begin to deceive myself because the truth is not in front of me. And James said that listening to the Word of God is like looking in the glass. Hearing the Word of God declares the true identity of who we are. And a lot of times why people run from the Word of God and reject the Word of God is because the Word of God is truthful. The Word of God does not lie. It declares us as sinners. It declares us guilty before God. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to look at it. So what do we do? We close it. We turn our face away from the mirror. So we don't have to hear it anymore. You will never find pleasure in the Word of God as long as you reject the Word of God. You'll never find delight in His Word. His Word is meant to build you up. 
His Word is meant to set you free. His Word is to bring power in your life, but you will never experience it until you apply it to your life and you accept it for what it is. Folks, God's been here from the beginning. The Bible said that heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will be here forever. The Bible says that when the laws stand before the great white throne of judgment, that the books will be opened. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way to Revelation, that mankind will stand accountable for the Word of God. You can escape it today. You can walk away from the mirror today, but the mirror is still there. And there's coming a day that you're going to have to stand before it, and you're going to have to give an account. A lot of folks find guilt. Whew, notice this next verse. Y'all start shouting any time, I'll be all right with it. Verse 25. But whoso looketh unto the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You will never find pleasure in the Word of God until you get saved. You will never find pleasure in the Word of God until you become obedient to it. You will never find pleasure in the Word of God living outside the Word of God. You'll never find it. The blessed man finds pleasure in the precious promises of God. Yes, it declares us guilty, but it also declares that there's a mansion prepared for us in heaven. It also declares that there are things that are laid up in heaven for those who love the Lord and called according to His promises. Yes, we can get in the law. Yes, we can get on the negative things. But in this book, I find a Savior. In this book, I find forgiveness. In this book, I find salvation. In this book, I find the greatest thing that any man could ever comprehend. I find Jesus. I find a friend. I find somebody that there all the time. This ought not be oppressive to us, but it ought to lift us up. It ought to encourage us. Don't get down when the Word is open. The Word is meant to exalt us and lift us up and encourage us in this life. Whew. Man, aren't you glad for Jesus? Aren't you glad for the Word of God? Man, I love to tell the story. Oh, I love to tell the promises of Jesus we're a people of promises. I want you to notice in verse 2, the second thing. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I want you to look in Psalm 63. The blessed man not only delights in the word, but he meditates upon the word. He reads it. He applies it. He dwells upon it. This is a daily work. This is a daily action. We ought to read our Bibles daily. There's enough dust on our Bibles. Do you know why homes are broken? Because the Bibles are not open. Do you know why churches are closing their doors? Because they're walking away from the Bible. We as God's people should meditate upon God's Word. Notice what he said in Psalm 63. 
O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. We must meditate upon God's word. When we meditate upon God's word, God's word reveals our identity in him. In verse 1 he said, O God, thou art my God. The more that you meditate on God's word, the more you realize how personal God is in our life. He's not just the God of Israel. He's not just the universal God, but He's a personal God. And every day as we dwell upon the word of God, we can meditate upon the fact that I belong to Him. This is a personal thing that I have with Him. Do you know how much better our life would be if we would wake up every morning and understand and realize our standing in Him? I'm not just you no know, southeast Arkansas redneck. I'm a child of the King. And I belong to Him. Notice what He said here. O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Not only will your identity be received, but your dependency. Your dependency. The more you meditate upon the Word of God, the more that you will realize how much you must depend upon Him. Because in this life, what David said in verse 1 there, is a dry and thirsty land. There is no water in this world. There is nothing else outside of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God that I need. And the more you meditate upon God's Word, the more you'll realize how much dependence you have upon Him. And the more He dwelled upon it, the more He realized, I don't need to go anywhere else. Because the answers are right here. Notice the next verse. To see thy power whew, and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, the third thing he found upon meditating was the empowerment. You see, the more you meditate upon God, the more you realize how powerful he is. If you'd wake up in the morning, you'd open this up, and you'd meditate upon it, and you'd dwell upon it, it will empower you for the day. It will empower you. You don't know what the day holds when you get up out of the bed. You don't know if you're going to get that bad phone call. You don't know if that tragedy's coming. You don't know what the day holds, but he does. And it would do us well to wake up and meditate upon this word and get empowered. Notice what he said in verse 3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. We seek approval every single day from everybody. We got to find love from here and love from here and love from here. If we just meditate upon this word, we'll be reminded that we are loved. You say, preacher, I love God. Well, you know what? He first loved you. And every day that we dwell upon the word of God and meditate upon his word, we're reminded of his loving kindness. 
I love what it says here. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. I don't want to live life without experiencing his love. And to be walking and living in his love. My lips shall praise thee. You want to quit moaning and groaning? Hello? You want to quit being so negative? You want to praise the Lord? Meditate upon his word. And you'll experience the loving kindness of God. I want you to go back and we're almost done. Y'all with me? Verse 3. Number 3. He is planted by the word of God. Verse 3 tells us, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Understand that the Word of God, delighting in the Word, meditating upon the Word, if you do those things, you will be planted by the Word. And the Bible says that you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And understand that we, when we delight and we meditate upon God's Word, that the Word of God supplies us with the nutrients that we need to not only live, but also to thrive. Do you know why we're not living the blessed life sometimes? Because we're not getting the food and the nourishment that we need. God's folks have to be fed. If you just show up for the fun and games, you're missing out on the biggest blessings. If you just show up when the hot dogs are cooked, and you just show up when the food is thrown out on the table, May I tell you, there's a food that is greater than, than anything this world can offer. And it's called the Word of God. And when we depend upon the Word of God to supply us and give us what we need, then we will be planted. Whew. We will have a foundation. We will be firmly settled within the Word of God and within ourselves. Folks, there's enough going here and there. We need people that are planted in God's Word. We need people that are founded in God's Word. We need to be settled. I don't think about some things. There's some things I do think about. But there's a lot I don't have to worry about. Because in the Word of God, I'm planted and I'm settled. Whew. Notice what he said that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. You get planted in the word of God and fruit's coming. The harvest is coming. Notice when, when it's time. In the season. Notice what he said at the end. And his leaf also shall not wither. Whew. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Isn't that a blessing? Folks, I don't know why we are so hard-headed. I can point fingers at you, but I'm as hard-headed as you are. Cathead, why we think we can do this thing on our own, I'll never know. Why we continuously reject his word. Why we continuously reject this. When this thing is put here to help us, 
to save us, to bless us. This word ought not be a stumbling block. It ought not be oppressive. But it ought to be filling. It's here to set you free. If you're here this morning, you've never been saved. You say, preacher, what do you mean by being saved? When I was 13 years old, I knew if I died right then, I was going to hell. You know why? Because I was a sinner. And I came short of the glory of God. And as a 13-year-old boy, I knelt down in my mom and dad's bed and I asked Jesus to save me, to forgive me of my sins. And that very moment, he saved me. If I die today, I'm going to heaven. There's no doubt. If you don't have that experience, would you come down and let me show you how to be saved?